I was very saddened to hear about the passing of former Secretary of State Colin Powell. The president spoke today. It was unexpectedly, uh, it was unexpected that he was going to uh, speak. He uh, it popped in to uh, the First Lady's event with the Teacher of the Year, and he had this to say about Colin Powell. I became friends, and Jill as well, but I became friends with Colin Powell, who we just lost. Think of where Colin Powell is, not only a dear friend and a patriot, one of our great military leaders and a man of overwhelming decency. This is a guy born son of immigrants in New York City, raised in Harlem in the South Bronx, graduated from City College in New York. And he rose to the highest ranks not only in the military, but also in, in areas of foreign policy and statecraft. This is a guy, and we talk about it, who had teachers who looked at this African-American kid and said, you can do anything. So all I want to say to you, really, is don't underestimate. Don't underestimate what you do. Let's talk about the life and legacy of Colin Powell with our former ambassador to Ireland, 2003 to 2006. Worked under uh, Colin Powell when he was Secretary of State. They're very close personal friends. Now lives in Northfield. Ambassador uh, Jim Kenny joins us. Jim, how are you, sir? I'm doing really well. Thank you for asking, John. It's been a tough day. I I started this morning with a text at 5:30 this morning that I read in bed. I wasn't up yet, and uh, told me about the passing of Colin Powell. Um, yeah, he was my boss. He and he was. But the one thing about this man is that. Everybody who knew him always commented about his kindness, and I was recipient of that numerous times. I mean, he did my swearing in, and um, he did things like, I'll tell you, when he came over to Ireland with the, the president to do a European Union-U.S. Uh, summit, the Air Force One's land, everyone's getting in the cars to go to the first meeting, he grabs me from the side, just come here, come here, I'll talk to you. He says, don't you have the best job in the State Department? I said, yes, I do, sir. I said, but your job's pretty good, too. Yeah. And he says, I heard you're doing a great job. That is really nice to hear. And to give a compliment like that, and here we are, we got a lot going on with this European Union meeting coming up, and he takes his time out of his day to grab me, pull me aside, and say that. That's the type of person he was, and uh, we'll be missed. Is Colin Powell considered, in, in my mind he is, but I'd like you to elaborate, the quintessential American success story? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I, and measuring that today, thinking about it, was where he came from in, in Harlem and everything else and city colleges and all that, how he worked his way up through the military. But it still tells you that kindness still counts. This, he was just a, a, a rare individual that had a great smile, fun laugh, and uh, but had a real serious side that was really, he really got it. So to give you an idea, like a, uh, I remember a few times, like I remember about Iraq, he always said this even before the, he would always say, you break it, you own it. And he goes back to the Gulf War and with Robert Gates and everybody, and, and he knew it, and he said that. Now, that was his voice, you break it, you own it. And, and we did. We broke it. So uh, he foretold that story before it happened. Mr. Ambassador, in 1996, the Republicans came to him and said, please rescue us. You're the only person that can defeat Clinton, obviously. My understanding, he was offended by many Republicans who just essentially they just reduced their arguments to, we're going to lose without you. 
and he felt that wasn't not really being invited to the GOP for any other purpose than to dig the party out of the hole that they had dug the, uh, themselves into. Why do you suppose he passed on 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue? Well, I think, I, you know, I'll, I'll share this story with you. Years later, right after he finished serving, and it was after 08, I, we were going walking into a dinner together in Washington that I went to. I think it was the Alfalfa dinner in January, one of those years. And uh, I grabbed him and I asked him, I said, because I wanted to know, I said, would you run? Would you run for president of the United States? And he said to me, you know, I promised my wife, Alma, that after I finished all this public service, I could spend some time with you, with her. And I, I got to keep that promise. I, I, I just not, I don't think I can do this. And I said, well, your country needs you again. And he said, I know it's, 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 it's happened again and again, but I promised this woman who put up with me being gone six and seven days a week my whole career to give that up. I gave up spending time with my wife, and, and now I, I told her I wouldn't do it. That's what he told me you know, into my face about not wanting to run, and that was the reason why, is he made a commitment to his family to spend some time with them. I've heard his recent comments, being the last four or five years, how disgusted do you think Colin Powell became with the Trumpian GOP? Oh, I think he was pretty upset. I mean, he, uh, well, he backed uh, President Obama twice, and he did back Joe Biden against Trump. So you could see by that he was worried about where the uh, foreign policy was going. Uh, and this is a man that was beloved inside the State Department. I mean, if you could go back in, in 2001 when he arrived, before I'll tell you what happened, is that they, they on the seventh floor of the State Department and the executive offices, uh, Madeleine Albright did not have internet in mm. 2001. And Colin Powell's uh, a little bit of a computer geek. And uh, when she went on her last foreign trip that year in 2001, his guys kind of snuck in and um, uh, wired up the office with internet. <laughs> I mean, they, this is that, and, and then, then he found out most of the State Department was on Wang computers. Now, Wang computers peaked in 1982. Huh? <laughs> and this is 2001, and we're trying to communicate around the world to our embassies with Wang computers. I'm not kidding. So he went to Congress and got the money, and he rewired all embassies in the world and to bring speed and up to state and, 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 and back then and for security. And those are little things that, you know, won't be on his resume that he did for that State Department. Yeah, he brought us into the 21st century when we worked for him. Mr. Ambassador, did, Mr. Ambassador, did you know he was sick? I mean, this news this morning shocked me. I had not heard that he was ill whatsoever. We Yes, it was known amongst people and, uh, that he had Parkinson's and uh, that he was ill with that. And that attacks your immune system. So getting COVID would, would have uh, a tough effect on him. Um, but at 84, oh, this guy, I mean, he had, you know, his hobbies, you know, his hobby was repairing old Volvos. Hmm. He was a, collected old Volvos and fixed them up. Uh, was one of his hobbies. And he's just a, uh, a pleasant person. And, 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 and there's a lot of neat things about him I wish the public could learn. Well, I read both of his memoirs. I thought they were both excellent. I love the uh, Colin Powell rules, the 13 rules, and I think his first book. And 
Uh, Mr. Ambassador, I appreciate your time. I was just in yeah. Northfield today. I almost stopped for some corned beef hash at that little okay. green restaurant at Willow and uh, Skokie uh, Highway. All right, perfect. We'll come back and have hash there. It's a good place. Jim, uh, Kenny, thank you very much for your time. Former ambassador right. to Ireland, we appreciate it, sir. All right, thank you, John. Take care. Here's uh, Colin Powell on January 6th. You know, I'm not a fellow of anything right now. I'm just a citizen who has voted Republican, voted Democrat throughout my entire career. And right now I'm just watching my country and not concerned with the parties. If he was concerned, I was concerned. They would not stand up and tell the truth or stand up and criticize him or criticize others. And that's what we need. We need people who will speak the truth, who remember that they are here for our fellow citizens. They are here for our country. They are not here simply to be reelected again.